0: Well good morning again, Pastor Brown from Aqua Alliance Fellowship. Uh, we're going to continue on with the study of the Covenant and uh, understanding the Covenant will help us to understand our salvation. Uh, there's that area that we know that the covenant the Covenant has two different types, basically, conditional and unconditional. But uh, we'll get into that a little bit later too. But we want to see how God is forming this and how he uses Israel to form his covenant even later on. And it's important for us to be able to capture this and to have some understanding of it because it's a work of God. It's something that God is doing. And uh, if, if we can really see just God at work and forming and developing what he desires will understand salvation in its covenant and God is the one who is forming and developing a person as he did even with a nation to do and to serve him and to do of his will so Let's pray and we're gonna dig into this a little bit. I don't know how far we'll get, but I do wanna take it slow for that we can grasp it and that even I can be clear with it because it's important. Father, we wanna thank you and praise you that you are a God of your word and you are a God that will not lie and you will not speak falsely to us. So I pray, Father, that as we read, would you give us understanding as we speak, O God. Help us, Lord, to be clear that others may hear and they might be able to discern what is being said in a manner that will truly glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us to speak the words that will encourage your people and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Israel has a purpose, as we all do. Um, Christianity has its purpose. And we need to understand that it's similar to that of what was of Israel. We are here to create a culture driven by biblical values and godly results. Biblical values, yet godly results, because it really is going to take God to do what he wants to do in this country, in our lives. But we're here to develop biblical values, and we need to understand that, and godly results, because God is the one who has to bring about the results of his principles and his standards. People have to be willing to learn them, know them, live them, but God is the one who has to bring the results forth from them. Israel is a nation that's going to be developed by God. Before Abraham, there was never an Israel. There were other nations, but it was known that every nation had its idols or its gods. And that might be one of the reasons why God chose not to deal with any other group of people. Now we got to take in note and in mind from Adam through Noah to Abraham. And there were a lot of things that have taken place and we don't have the time to go back through all of them. But we need to recognize God now has worked with people and have brought us up to this point of Abraham. Now we're going to go somewhat with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And Jacob is the real turning point because there we see something that changes and then next thing we hear is of Israel. We never hear of Israel before Jacob. Israel's is not created by man but by God for God's purpose and God is the one who is going to bring about Israel not man Uh, man has been a founder of many different nations and countries and as we call George Washington the, the father of This land, per se, and uh, that can be debated here and there, but oftentimes we call George Washington the father of America. And we know in reality that could be questioned, but we're not here to debate that issue at this point. But it's an illustration of how man has brought about different Countries And some countries recognize a human part that developed that country or helped to develop that country. And now it's in existence. But when it comes to Israel, God is the one who names it and develops it and keeps it. And you cannot historically look at Israel and not believe there is a God, because when you study Israel, God is woven into the history of Israel. And it's made very clear that Israel was a religious people And it is God who has brought them through many trials, many situations throughout their lifetime. He is the one who brought them back into the land that they are presently in. But the point is, Israel never named itself. God did. God is the one who brings it into existence. God is the one who grows them while they're in Egypt. They go into Egypt under the name of Joseph. And they come out under the name of Israel. And here's Jacob and Joseph plays that part going in, but coming out is Israel. And Israel is a name directly given by God to replace the name of Jacob. And God knows exactly what he's doing here. And that puzzles us sometimes. And we'll get to that a little bit further down the road here. But Israel, when it comes out of Egypt, is not yet a nation, but it's on its way of becoming a nation. And again, I want to reiterate to you that every nation had its idols of God's. And God is calling Israel to himself. And he is the one creating and developing Israel for himself. So, in Genesis 35, as we read 9 and 10, I want you to grasp hold of this. It says, and Jacob returned from Pandem, from Pandem, Aram. God appeared to him again and blessed him. And God said to him, your name is Jacob. God acknowledged what his earthly name is, what the name he was given by his father, that he would be called Jacob. And Isaac named him Jacob. And he says, your name is Jacob. But look in verse 10. Verse 10, very closely here now. Your name is Jacob, but you will no longer be called Jacob. Your name will be Israel. Now, that name Israel becomes the name of the tribe or the nation of the 12 tribes of Israel. So he named him Israel. So we're going to be reading that time sometime when it is Jacob and it should be Israel. But Israel will always, in a sense, refer back to Jacob because that's where the name Israel comes from, Jacob. And I want you to recognize here is the covenant of Abraham. That we looked at a couple of weeks ago, the covenant that God made with Abraham, and now is being passed down. It's a continuation, is being added to, but yet it's also being a fulfillment of what God promised Abraham of what He was going to do by making many nations and Adam. His children. And we go all the way on down through Noah, through the flood, children, Noah's children, and this time with Abraham being called from his home, from Ur, and then seeing his child, Isaac. Isaac seeing his child, Jacob, Jacob seeing 12 sons who make up the 12 tribes of Israel and having his name changed to Israel. Now, we need to understand Jacob's name is changed to Israel. And his 12 sons become the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 7, because one of the things that we have a problem with oftentimes is, why did God choose Israel? Uh, Did he hate all the others? And again, all the other nations had these idols and their false gods. Israel doesn't have that. They're starting off with a relationship with God, but they start off with a relationship of getting to know God, but God never really calls them his people or that he would be their God until some years later that he says that they are his people. When he even sends Moses, let my people go, he did not iterate or present himself as their God. He did share that they were his people, as all people of creation is. They are God's people. Saved, unsaved, they are God's people. But in Deuteronomy chapter 7, why not you come down verse 6 with me to seventy? Because we get upset sometimes when we hear Israel was chosen by God and the rest of us were not, in a sense, picked or chosen or elected or called for to take on this certain role. If you really understand what Israel's responsibility is, you wouldn't want the role. You wouldn't want it. If you had to go through what Israel was going to go through as a nation, you wouldn't want it. Because Israel is set up to be a light for the Gentiles, it is is set up to acknowledge that there really is a living God. You cannot deny Israel without denying God, but Israel is the evidence of the existence of God, because there would be no Israel without God, and scripture makes that very clear. There would be no Israel without God. Now, he goes on, he says in that verse 6 of Deuteronomy chapter 7, For you are a people holy to the Lord, your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the people of the face of the earth. Now, he chooses them, but the question is why? Again, I want to bring to your attention, Israel has no national God. All the other countries around Israel and where Israel has journeyed, and even in Egypt, they had their national gods. They had their idols, who they called God. And God raises up a people who, are not idol worshippers who have not acknowledged some idol as their god and he's going to be the god of israel so he raises up a people to himself and he will be their god and they will be his people in order to be a light unto the rest of the world because when he names israel Everybody else outside of Israel becomes Gentiles, not Jews, but Gentiles. And he raised Israel up to be a light unto all the Gentiles, not to make them as though they are this or that or something that they are not. He raises up Israel to show off his glory to the rest of the nations. There's nothing about Israel that was so special that would cause God to choose them. Other than this is God's plan that God has started back with Abraham, with the covenant, that he would be the father of many nations and many people will be blessed by him and through him. And again, I want to iterate to you, Abraham, then the son, Isaac, then the son, Jacob, who becomes Israel, and God gives him that name, Israel, and who? fathers the head of the twelve tribes Israel now he says the Lord has the Lord your God has chosen you out of all the people on the face of the earth to be the people his treasure possession the Lord did not set his affection on you and chose you because you were more numerous. Israel was small in comparison to other nations. Israel was small. Israel doesn't even really have an army. Israel does, does not have a government. They have a theocracy with God and yet God chooses them And he's going to become their God. And he is not an idol. He is the living God. And he's going to show forth. This relation. That can be had. With the living God. That cannot take place. With idols. And he says again. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other people. For you were the fewest of all people. You were not the wealthiest. You were not the strongest. You were not the best pick. And God did that deliberately because God is going to develop and raise up a nation. Unto himself, called Israel. And they did not have gods before them in the form of idols. This living God becomes their God, the head of their nation. Now, what you never hear is simply this in Scripture that. Jacob is the father of Israel. You never hear that. It always refers back to Adam, his grandfather, as being the father of Israel. We'll see that in just a minute, but I want you to turn to Isaiah 19.25 because though this may come at... Some time future date when this takes place i want you to see that god doesn't just love israel and oftentimes we get stuck that god just loves israel israel is god's time clock israel is god's witness to the gentile world that he exists And Israel had the responsibility of carrying God's word, not allowing it to dissipate, to disappear, but to hang on to God's word and share it with other nations. That's so important to catch and to understand. And now God does that through what is called his church. He does that now with what he calls believers, his saints his people of today. Now, listen to what he says here, because I want you to catch that God does care about other people. Even to a point, God made a way that Gentiles could become Jews or become part of Israel and participate in the worship and the love of God Jehovah. But in Isaiah won't you look with me? Let's pick up in verse twenty five. The Lord Almighty will bless them, saying, Now once you catch who he's gonna bless, bless be Egypt. Whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. Bless Egypt. Egypt is the one who held Israel into captivity for 400 years, abused them, mistreated them. Well, this is later on down the road, but God says, now, I will to bless Egypt. And look what he calls them. My people. My people. Assyria. My handiwork. Now, Assyria is God's handiwork. Then look what he says about Israel. My inheritance. But what I want you to see is that God loves other nations, other people. He's doing a work, yes, through Israel. To awaken all the other nations around Israel about the one true God, and God takes his time in doing it, and we need to realize that God is participating in what we call history of the lives of humanity. He's participating in the life of Israel. Participation in divine blessing is conditioned on obedience, and we need to understand that because it's obedience with faith, and at Mount Sinai is the continuation of this obedience that started with Abraham and this covenant because of his obedience that Mount Sinai is a continuation of the covenant with Abraham and his descendants, in which Israel are. So you go through again, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jacob becomes Israel. Once you catch something, God's not in a hurry. Three generations, quite a few years here before Israel becomes a nation and starts, or we even hear about Israel. Now, once you go with me to John chapter eight, and listen again to what is going to be said in John chapter eight, because they're saying something, picking up in verse 37, that we need to hear and to acknowledge. John chapter 8. Get these eyes focused. Pick up in verse 37. Jesus is speaking. And he says, I know you are Abraham's descendants. Talking to the Pharisees, talking to those scholars of that day. And he says, I know you are Abraham's descendants. Yet, you are ready to kill me because you have no room in my word. Because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence. And you do what you have heard from your Father. Now, I catch this. Abraham is our father, they answered. Abraham is our father, they answered. They're acknowledging Abraham as the father of Israel, not Jacob. Though it is Jacob's name that is changed to Israel, it is Abraham in which the covenant was started with, with God and jacob is just carrying out another step of the covenant even to the point where we get to mount sinai it is still another step in the covenant of abraham and he says abraham is our father they answered if you were abraham's children said jesus then you would do the things Abraham did. Talking about Abraham's faith and believing God. But the point here is that Abraham is considered the father of Israel and not Jacob. Nowhere do you find in scripture that Jacob is the father of Israel. It's always pointed to as Abraham. Abraham is the grandfather of Jacob. Isaac is the son of Abraham and the father of Jacob. And what's the name whose name is changed? It is Jacob's name changed to Israel. But you see in Isaac, Jacob is the continuation of with Abraham. You see this continuation of this covenant of Abraham. Not at Sinai, not at Sinai we see Israel, the 12 tribes that are gathering who are the children of Jacob to continue with this covenant of Abraham in a sense. Go to Exodus chapter nineteen and, and verse five. Exodus nineteen and we're gonna pick up at verse five. He says Oh well, these eyes are getting bad, but we'll make it out. says, now if you obey me fully And keep my covenant. If you obey me fully. And keep my covenant. If you keep your part of the covenant. You will be blessed. And that's one of the areas we need to understand about our salvation. That if we keep our part of that covenant. We will be blessed. God secures it for us. We step into it, and that's all we can really do. But he says, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession, although the whole earth is mine. Catch that the whole earth is mine god is not leaving out anyone he's acknowledging all life belongs to who to him he is the creator of all life but again i cannot overstate this at this point that all the other nations had their national gods but they were idols and god Is raising up a nation oh yes Israel does turn to idols Israel pick up some of their neighbors idols but in the beginning God Jehovah is their God and they obey him and he says again now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, that out of all the nations you will be my treasured possessions. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests. Now, he's saying to Israel, you're going to be a kingdom of priests. Now, what are priests servants? What are you going to do? You're going to serve the Lord. How are you going to serve the Lord? By carrying out his will. Doing that which he requires of you, what he asks of you, what he commands from you. You're going to be his servants. The rest of the world, at this point, no, they're not servants. Why? They're serving their idols. They're serving those things that they believe to be God. And God is raising up Israel to be a testimony against that that dead God, that God that has no existence at all, God's raising up Israel to help the rest of the world, which at this time would be called Gentiles, to see the truth of the living God, the living God. He's not then denying or not loving or not willing to accept the others but their god is an offense to him because he is not real and they do not believe in him and he's raising up this nation called israel to be a testimony to him and for his glory how does that work When you look at Israel, and all that Israel went through, and how God brought them out of Egypt, only a living God could have done with Israel what he has done. Even to this very day, for Israel to be in existence is to give glory to God. Because by all rights, Israel should not even be existing today. In the land that it is living in. Unless a living God granted it to them. And that's exactly what happens. He says although the whole earth is mine. You will be for me a kingdom of priests. And a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. And Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will do everything that the Lord has said. There's that covenant keeping. We will do what the Lord has said. And again, I want to reiterate, we are here to create a culture driven by biblical principles and godly results. Because God is the one who has to bring the results forth when his people are obedient unto him. Turn to Isaiah 19.25. Isaiah 19.25. And again, I just want to reiterate this area or state it again to us that God is doing this for his glory and for the purpose of allowing Israel to shine for him. And he's the one who is doing that. He says, there's nothing in 19... 25. He said, The people, the Lord Almighty will bless them, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people. Catch it again. What is he calling them? My people. Assyria, my handiwork. And then Israel, my inheritance. Now, go back one more time with me to Deuteronomy chapter 14. Deuteronomy chapter 14, and look at verse 2 with me, and look what God says, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God, are of all the people on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasure possession. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Out of all the people on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. God's chosen. God picked them. But in doing so, he is developing them into what he desires them to be. And it's a work of process it's a work of progress when you have to work with people day in and day out to develop them it's a work and god is at work developing us because he calls us over in first peter 2 9 a kingdom of priests who is he referring to the saints of today the church he's going to use for his glory the idea of the covenant is the framework in which the relationship between God and his people are going to be developed now here's Israel's purpose once you kind of listen to it here give you about five things that yeah israel's purpose one to to conserve the truth these should dissipate evaporate from the earth israel was to be a holder of god's truth the christian today is a holder of God's truth. And God's word is hid in our hearts and our mind that it will not be lost and we share it with others. That's Israel. They were to hold to God's truth and to speak it to the other nations. Secondly Because Israel exists is the very evidence that God exists, because Israel would never have come into being without God. And Israel declares there is a living God in a sense, because they exist. If you've had to go through the wars and the battles in this recent time that Israel has been in existence where it's at, to fight against five other nations at one time, to still go through all the things that Israel's going through, and yet is steadfast, unmovable, and they are a people who are there only by the work of a living God. They themselves declare that God exists and God is because Israel exists. Thirdly, Israel is called into being by God and not by man. Need to understand that very clearly. Almost every other nation and every other group have a father figure in a sense that has somewhat brought them around and where they are today but Israel was not brought into existence by a man it was brought into existence by a living God and it is God who chose to change Jacob's name to Israel and each one of his children would be the head of one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Why? That's only a living God who can set forth such a plan. And not being in a hurry. Yes, there's other things that are involved here, but Esau and so forth. But what we're focusing on is Jacob and Jacob's 12 kids And even Joseph going before them to preserve them in the time of famine. But in Egypt was going to be their incubator where Israel would grow mightily in a sense, in number, and then come out as almost a nation, but not quite a nation yet. They had no army, no government, but they were known as Israelites Israel is called into being by God and not man. That's the thing you have to recognize. Then the fourth one. One cannot deny God's existence without denying Israel's existence. Israel exists only because God exists. You cannot take that away. Therefore, they are a living witness to the living God. Israel is to be a model, the fifth. Israel is to be a model for the nations to strip, to strive, and to attain a relationship with God based on truth. They have to strip away all their idols, all their other things. They have to be removed. They have to be done away with. And they have to strive after the living God. We have to remove all the junk in our lives, all the stuff that hinders us, that keeps us from having the relationship with God that is based on truth. Israel was to model that this relationship between the living God and again remember all the nations around them had these idols that could not speak, couldn't move, couldn't answer prayer, couldn't fight their battles. And here's this little nation Israel believing in Jehovah God. A God who can move in mighty ways. A God who can fight their battles. God who could defeat their enemies. A God who can answer their prayers. A God who, who, who could provide for them. Israel is a witness that God exists. And Israel knows they could not exist without Jehovah God. The purpose of Israel was to be the light of the Gentiles and bring forth righteousness. They were to be the light. Even as the Christians are to be the light of this world at this present time, so at one time was Israel to be the light. That others might find their way to the living God. Why the covenant with Israel? One, why did the Lord love Israel and not others? Is not an issue of God rejecting anyone else. Because God made a way for a Gentile to step into this Israelite nation and to worship him. And many did in the Old Testament. And we read over in Isaiah where, yes, God loves Egypt. God loves the Assyrians. God loves Israel. And we need to understand that Israel chose to be a medium. To show forth God's grace to what it would be like to serve a living God. That's Israel. All other nations lived under the rule of their national God. It is Israel who shows forth what it is like living under the one and true God. The living God. The God Jehovah Israel would live under the rule of Jehovah so others would see the relationship between a real God and people we need to understand that that God is going to show the other nations what it's really like To live under his authority. And that's what Israel was supposed to demonstrate. What it was like. And you and I today. We demonstrate to a dying world. What it's like to live under the authority of a living God. We need to understand that too. That that's exactly what is taking place. That we are demonstrating it. Now go with me to Isaiah 41 and verses 8 and 9. But you, O Israel, my servant. Oh, what are our priests? Servants. You will be a kingdom of priests. Servants. And he says there in 41 8, But you, O Israel, my servants. That's what Israel was called to be the servants of the living God. Our servants, one who would serve, not only the living God, but the other nations also. They were to serve. They serve as the witness of the living God to the other nations. And he goes on and he says, Jacob, and there would be Israel again, whom I have chosen. Your descendants of Abraham, my friend. Here, Abraham is called his friend because of his obedience and how God was able to use Abraham. And then he says, I took you from the ends of the earth, from its further corners, I called you. I said, You are my servants. There's that word servant again. Boy, how many of you like to be chosen just to be a servant? To serve somebody day and night, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You're just constantly hitting it on their behalf, serving them, serving them. I don't think too many of us would want to sign up for that. But this is what Israel has it is a servant a witness of the living God to Gentiles and all these other nations. I have chosen you and have not rejected you and have not rejected you. When you look at Israel, you will say, Lord, ooh, that's a tough group to handle. But God handles and God deals with them. And and you and I have to understand that God deals with people. The hardcore, hardened heart God deals with. And we have to acknowledge that. Only he is the one who can do it. No one else can. So in Jeremiah 7, 21-24, and we'll close with this. The Lord is going to share with us. Let me see, 21 through 24. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Go ahead, add your burnt offerings to your other sacrifices and eat the meat yourself. For when I brought you when I bought your forefathers out of Egypt and spoke of them, I did not just give them commands about burnt offerings and sacrifices. There's the teaching, the instruction, the development that takes place. Obey me and I will be your God, and you will be my people. There's the conditional covenant. Obey me, the results of that would be, I'll be your God, and you'll be my people. Your obedience shows forth that you are my people. The results from your obedience will show forth, I'm your God. The results of your obedience, God says, will demonstrate to the rest of the nations, to unbelievers, that I am your God and I exist because of the results that comes forth, because of your obedience. Boy, I ask something. That is something to hang on to. Obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Walk in all the ways I command you, that it may go well with you. Now, catch verse 24. He says, but they did not listen or pay attention. Instead, they followed the stubborn inclinations of their evil hearts. They were backwards and not forwards. They went backwards and not forward. If we are not obedient, God has nothing to hold him to his covenant when it's conditional. And most of the time, the conditionals are based on the fact that there has to be a response upon our part. But when we respond positively towards God, God brings about the results that gives forth a testimony that he is. That he is. Well, I want to thank you and been a long day, a little tired and weary. But I pray that somehow you will grasp that God loves all people. He chose Israel to be a light to the Gentile. He chose Israel, as the scripture said, to be a kingdom of priests who would serve the living God that others might see and recognize Him that he exists, that he lives. But we're going to continue on with this area of the covenant also because it's very important to understand, again, this thing called covenant. Because we enter into a covenant, and sometimes we mention it in this fashion to our kids. If you clean up your room, You might be able to go to the party. The condition is based on the fact of this you clean up your room. If you clean up your room, you might be able to go. You may be able to go. You will be able to go. But the condition part is they clean up their room. That's a covenant. That's what God, in in very simple form, does with us. It's the conditional covenant, and then there's the unconditional, where you have no part. God just does it. But with the conditional, it's always that area of obeying the instructions that God has laid out for you. And then leaving the results in his hands. Thank you again for allowing me to come into your home and thank you for the time that you give me to speak to you. I appreciate it. And I hope somehow that this time has been a blessing for you and that you're able to grasp and learn and grow in the things that are being shared. Again, thank you so much. Father, we want to thank you and praise you for teaching us, Lord, for we sit at your feet to learn. Would you, O oh God, bless? Would you help us to have understanding? Would you give us discernment? Would you grant us knowledge that we might know how to live as your people? And help us to recognize that, Lord, we ourselves are a kingdom of priests, of people called out to serve you and to serve others. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. God bless. Bye.